This is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator. And... <gasps> Bro, you got dead bug? I know. I know he loves the show. It's crazy. How did you even... I can't wait. Oh my I gosh. Know. Yeah. And... Dead bug. Nine one one, Lee Police, fire or EMS. My mom is really drunk, and I'm sitting in the car. It's super hot. Okay, where are you? <sighs> you ever have one of those kind of weeks where you're super, super cautious, and you have like backups of backups, and you're a really big nerd, and. So you take pride in how many hard drives you have connected to your computer and that each one is backing up something special and very important. And then you go and record with Deadbug and all of your backups take a dump and the only audio that seems to survive for your side of the conversation is the Mattel recorder from Hasbro that's sitting on your desk and somehow was picking up everything you said because it's what you use as a security camera. Yeah, that was this. So no one's more upset about the audio quality on the operator's track on this episode than me. So I guess if you want to just keep rubbing more salt in the wound, say something in the comments. Otherwise, please just listen and try to forgive me. Cogs. Oh, oh, hi, dead bug. I'm still here. Hey, uh, yeah, you're still here. <laughs> I, I'm, I, 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 I might not be in a bit, but I'm still uh, hanging on here. I appreciate. I appreciate. Yeah, we sp- put you in the green room there for a little bit too long. Hopefully the craft services from yesterday was to your liking <laughs> i i haven't heard that you know i haven't heard that term for fucking ages craft services oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, that's the only reason i ever went on set somewhere was i was like will there be craft services there'll <laughs> be ham and crackers for you <laughs> yeah. <Yeah>. Uh. <laughs> well thank you very much for for being on the this podcast i i don't even i am so excited uh uh, and I don't know if the world knows this, every man knows this, but when we wake up in the morning, there's a part of our body that just decides, hey, you know what, maybe I'm going to be erect uh, this morning. And and huh. this is a common, I don't, I'm, I don't know if it happens to you, I believe it happens to every male in the world. Um, I'm experiencing a little bit of that right now because I'm so excited that, that you're on this, this uh- ship. Okay, uh, I ain't even going to touch that one. Yeah, I don't touch it either. When I wake up, I'm just like, you'll go away soon enough if I ignore you. Here's a here's a thought, though. If that happens to every man on the earth, mm. um, and you have you, you've probably seen a soccer game or a football game, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, we call it a football over here. But have you ever seen this happen in the crowd where like, a whole group of people will start a wave and they like stand up and lift their arms. And then it kind of goes through the whole stadium. Yeah. I've seen that. I, I don't, I don't, they don't do that in English uh, football. And yeah, it's more, it's more of an aggressive uh, uh, undertaking, I yeah. guess. The wave has always been interesting to me because it's a whole bunch of people coordinating this motion. Mm. 
But a lot of mornings, I'm like, every man wakes up with this same lower pants salute, right? And so if I think about it on a global scale, the sun rises at a certain point consistently uh-huh. on the earth, right? And it's a shadow on one side and a light on the other. And as that uh-huh. sun rises, if you think about it, the whole world of males is have is doing the wave with their lower with, member in the morning. With, with their bona, with their yeah, bona. The worldwide erection fest, just way all the way around the earth, like over I, and yeah. over. I got to say, operator, we're sort of veering off into topics that I feel uncomfortable about. You know what I mean? <laughs> if there were a fucking safety word, I'd be using it. Okay. It's just, uh, I don't want to be talking about half of the world's boners. I've watched so many of your videos. So I was like, how am I going to come out swinging on this one? I can't, this guy's unfazable, but I'm, I'm proud that, that you said that. Thank you very yeah, much. You're, you're welcome. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's uh, not the sort of thing, you know, um, the, that dudes should talk about. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, but uh, I'll, I think I'm going to keep it. In. I don't think I'm going to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's uh, what's happening with you lately? What uh, you've you've done any cool stuff or, you know? Uh, no, you know, just doing that normal stuff, making content and, uh, you know, trying to survive after being blacklisted off of YouTube and, uh, you know. I wanted to tell you something. Um, I mean, I am. Well, there we go. Well, I am sort of been doing some stuff with Insane Clown Posse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you did their music video. Recently. Yeah, I did the music video and they got a couple other things and we're on commute. We're texting each other and we're uh, buddies. And uh, so it's got some things coming up there. That's so crazy. Like to me, that that's crazy. Like it doesn't it doesn't register that you're talking like can you imagine what that must look like on the other end like you're like hey insane clown posse i question on the on an edit that we're doing for the video and they're responding back but if you could look over their shoulder it's uh i don't know pick one of the guys and you look at their phone and it's like just a mess of flying fingers as they text and and like face paint all over the phone like it's got a I don't know how they keep that stuff just on their face. It's got to get everywhere. Uh, I've never asked them that, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's a whole, whole passel of conversation there. So feel free to use that one. Uh, I will. Okay. Yeah. But what's funny is when you're like, when you say, oh, nothing, you know, just creating content. Yeah. That's the, the, oh, nothing that you're doing is creating videos for insane clown posse and, and, uh, another like BBC thing on the queen. I mean, your, your, your own nothing is like, I would never stop talking about it. If I were to, if I did one of those things, it would be like every, <laughs> every Thanksgiving, I'd start a conversation about, Hey, you guys hear about the video that I did in 1996. Yeah. I did the insane clown posse. Video. I would never stop talking about the thing you do. Well, it's just, it's just work, isn't it? It's just what I do. So. Yeah, it is, but it sure is cool. On the other thing, on the stuff that you do mm. as Dead Bug, a little backstory for the 14 people who listen to this show. Dead Bug has a YouTube channel called Dead Bug Says. Mm. If you want to find it, you have to type in Dead Bug Says in the search field in YouTube for a very specific reason, and that is YouTube hates that you're there. <laughs> 
They do. I mean, they blacklisted me and they uh, they make it very clear that they hate my guts because uh, I, you know, I'm not politically correct. I'm not uh, th their cup of tea, shall we say. Yeah, it's disturbing to me. I subscribe to your channel. I consume your content. And if I go to YouTube and I put in dead, just dead bug and I hit enter in YouTube, holy cow, you don't show up. Yeah, no. You know, the, the the funny thing is, is that when I used to, I, I would type in films that I've made and my film that I made wouldn't come up, but a person who had stolen my film and re-uploaded it, it would come up in the search engine. Oh, this is disturbing. Like that's, I, that's how fucked up, that's how fucked up it is, you know? And then the worst part, it's just, it's just, and these people shamelessly do it. YouTube shamelessly hides what I do. It's unbelievable. What's disturbing is if I wanted to find disturbing content made by dead bug says I am relegated to, Oh, this is so sad. I'm, I'm relegated to bodybuilding videos on how to stretch your body properly. Growing an anus is going to show me a 25 minute intense ab workout. I mean, mm -hmm. I can't find you to save my life. So I, if so to find you, I have to type in, let me try it. Dead bug, all one word, space, says. And if I type that, oh my goodness, there you are. Wow, that is so crazy and creepy. There have been there have been people that are copying me who ripped me off. Have they started a channel in a year? They've got more subscribers than me. And they're happy. Yeah, it's just like it's just it's it's shameless. And the sad part is, is that I've said that YouTube is like uh I, I'm making television content. The same thing that I'd be putting on television, I'm making for YouTube, but because they don't like my views, they don't like what I say or the way I say it, they're shadow banning me. I won't even mention who's copying you because I wouldn't want to give them the, no, the, the shout out. But what I'm finding interesting is that they steal your content and repurpose it into a show where they just don't say retard or some some word that the no no police say that we shouldn't say anymore. exactly exactly they don't get demonetized no well i've never been monetized to be <laughs> demonetized you know but i mean i don't want to compromise because of what i what i do i mean if i want to uh make television that's you know the squeaky clean then i'll just i mean if i want to make something for youtube the squeaky clean i might as well make it for television yeah and make real money a lot of my listeners, my, oh my goodness, I they sounded so self-obsessed self right there. A lot of the listeners or the, what I call hug dealers for this show, they, mm -hmm. a lot of them also listen to true crime. And you said something that I think is actually pivotal about the content that ends up on Deadbug says, and you were talking to Kent Chungus, who's another one of the 1159 super hosts at, at, mm -hmm. at 1159 Media. And you were talking about, as a director, you were producing, like, oh, what show was it? And you were talking about sodomy and how this was a pivotal component of, like, the, the, the conflict in the, in the marriage. Mm. Scott Peter. Scott, yeah, sorry, I've got yeah. a bad memory. And so, so correct me, I'll, I'll just kind of summarize what you were saying is you, you receive because you have journalistic credentials and you work for massive, massive companies as a director for hire in your job job, 
that you receive these massive files from police and full unvarnished reports and pictures and all the things when you're doing something for, let's say, the BBC or somebody like that. And so you're, as a director, you're putting together the show on Scott Peterson and you discover that sodomy is, is a conflict, um, like maybe one of them wants to try it in, in their marriage and the other doesn't. And it was sort of this like bone of contention. <laughs> That's a bad, bad no pun intended. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but that was a component in the stress in this marriage, right? That, is that yeah. right? Yeah, he, he wanted to ass fuck her and she didn't want to get ass fucked. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, that, what you said. Um, and so you you were mixing that in using, a, you know, a term that we would hear on TV. You know, you might hear it on somewhere that's, you know, sodomy is probably the. Yeah, I was using the biblical term for it, sure, you know. A biblical term. So you're mixing it into the, the, direct, the, the, the director's cut that you're putting together. And your, what happened? My executive producer came in and this was for a crime and investigation channel and that goes out over the world. You know, it's American as English. And he ran and he said, what the fuck is, you know, he's sitting there watching it and he was like, mm, it's good. Oh, I like this. I like that. And then, and then we mentioned the sodomy word and he went, what the fuck is that? And I said, well, you know, it's, it's, it's sodomy. It's right in the fucking report that, uh, you know, he liked the ass fuck and she didn't like it. And that was sort of the deal breaker in the marriage. And he said, you can't fucking say that. And I said, well, why not? He said, because ass fucking doesn't sell Cheerios. Wow. <laughs> he, said, he said, our advertiser or I'll pull out. So basically the whole story that we're getting, the whole story in these documentaries are being chiseled down by what the advertisers like. And that's, I mean, YouTube's becoming that way now too. Well, and that was my point. The content that we are receiving as citizens about these stories that happen are neutered because somebody said, hey, I don't want that part of this. And to me, that that's astonishing because for a, for a, a very pivotal component of part of the dilapidation of that relationship, if nothing else, it's it's a definite conversation point that I think is salient. It had to be stricken from the story. And so the world doesn't know that that was a piece of it. And it lessens the impact of, I mean, he's still a crazy dude and he killed his wife and holy cow. But the bullet points of reasons that drove him to that are controlled by the advertisers. And I mean, it was the same. I mean, it was like I've worked for History Channel. I'm just doing things on Jack the Ripper, on Lizzie Borden. I'm controlled by what the advertisers tell me to say, you know? And, and for me, that's not a truthful documentary. No, not at all. Well, and it tells you that it, it, I would even struggle to use the word documentary if it if it's it's being so. Sick. Yeah, it's more, more of a docudrama, isn't it? And the thing is, I mean, and that's what and that's what with YouTube, I mean, people say to me, well, if you didn't say that, then you would be monetized. And, you know, and it's like, fuck that. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And if I only have uh, 40,000 uh, subscribers, then I'm going to go about it the hard way. But I'm not going to compromise and, you know, start being like under these uh, other channels that sit down to take a piss. And, you know, and they don't deliver the real goods. You know what I mean? I'm right. sticking, I'm dropping my cock and balls right on the table and delivering the goods. 
I have to wade through things all day long that I don't agree with or that that would make potentially make me uncomfortable or that run completely counter to the way I live my life or my basis, my, my value set. But it's a waste of my time to go to this person who has produced creative elements, uh, put hours and hours and hours into something, and I get to go and say, hey, you offended me. Unless, unless they were talking about my child. <laughs> well, you know, exactly. But then the thing is, is I tell people, you know, people say, well, what would you do if there, if, if, would you do the same documentary if it was on your child who was brutally murdered? What the fuck would I be doing a documentary on my kid if he were murdered? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, and it's like, and people don't, don't shoot the messenger. I mean, it's like, it's not like I'm advocating any of these things. I'm, I'm not walking around with shit at the end of my deck. In the uncut version, we were talking about how how television and entertainment used to be not just full of stories that are well within the safety guidelines of a politically correct culture, but we also allowed on entertainment cautionary tales like All in the Family and Archie Bunker. He mm. was literally like you. I think you said it best. He he was a cautionary tale. He was a he was a character on a show that says, "Hey." This is how this is how people actually are sometimes. And he was allowed as a character to live and breathe on a show. And we all know that that there are, you know, men that are, you know, racists or bigots or misogynists or whatever you want to put on Archie Bunker, but that he gets to live and breathe because it's part of life to think that to think that that kind of stuff doesn't exist is 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 uh i'm not sure it's good for society to no i mean it's 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 foolish i mean don't i mean i started out in the six o'clock news i mean i was like a news presenter and you know and moved up from there th through the ranks so i'm as mainstream an apple pie as you can get but i mean as you you grow and you do those things and you you play the mr ty nice guy banging the weather girl you want to you want to move up and you want to um do something more uh visceral more real. And that's what I'm doing now. And, you know, I'll take a hit on it financially and everything else, but at least I'm doing what I want to do. It's bold. And I I've seen a couple of, a handful of your tweets where you have certain, you have definite opinions uh, of the, like the CEO of YouTube, for example, uh, is there Wendy? No. Susan Wachowski or something. She's a fucking yeah, she piece, of, piece of work. Yeah, she seems like a treat. Interesting. I thought, you know what? I'm going to bring Deadbug a gift and I'm going to uh, look into her and see if there's any dirt I can pull up here. here yes, yeah, so I'll tell you my uh, my uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to love this. Yeah, well. <laughs> Yeah, buckle up. Uh, it's it's interesting. So what do I do first? I, I go, okay, I'm going to look her up. I use my normal researching tactics. I start with Google and yeah. I type in her name and I, you know, I uh, associate a bunch of words trying to see if there's anybody out there who, like they should with all CEOs, vet them. And if they have a sordid past or if there's anything in their past that it's presented for our consideration, especially somebody who puts themselves in the position of being censor of all content. like pa Pollyanna, the ultimate of Pollyanna of societies. Exactly. So I was interested to see if anybody out there dug deep, you know, put their heels in and was like, hey, just so you know, this is who the CEO of, of and I, and then, but nothing was coming up. And then I, then I was like, oh, wait, because I'm on Google. I'm Google. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I forget that's a, that, that. That's a brother-in-law, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, you might as well. Yeah, it might as well be Chinese media at that point. I mean, they're not going to. They, they've 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 taken the whole any crap sheet on that CEO and they've submitted it to the the you know the 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 engines the, and they've said hey blacklist anything that includes these terms. So I went to Yahoo and did the same thing and I found a couple things that were like oh that's interesting and then I was like okay maybe I do a background check on her. And so I did a background check on her. And I I regret to say that on the background check that I did, the only thing I could come up with was that she has a speeding ticket. Um, <laughs> so either she is Lily White, which also, you know what, I'd probably have a little bit more respect for somebody who's at the front and center of what I would say the censorship wars. If I saw that she had, you know, been arrested for a drunken brawl or something, but she has one speeding ticket, which which tells me that probably she does. Oh, she also has quite an extensive uh, uh, education, college background uh, and everything. Although I will say her initial college experience was only two years. So I don't know how you do that and then become the CEO of YouTube, but she did it unfortunately the only thing i can present to you is that she was uh she has a speeding ticket but what a shameful speeding ticket it was let's say it was well that uh, i was i was getting all excited there operator but you, yeah. you let me you let me down on that end but i guess you can't create what didn't exist in the first place or maybe i can maybe i should have you know because <laughs> she seems to get rid of what does exist so maybe you know it's just the unbiased, isn't it? I mean, it's just this it's just this crushing down of things, you know, uh, where she lets well, she'll she'll just proudly crush something down. You know, it's yeah, it's just I mean, you know, I work hard for what I do. And, uh, you know, it's just my hatred for her is because some of the rules, I mean, you know, and you heard some of it on my podcast with Kent. I mean, some of the things that they do is just outlandish yeah. on on my last episode of this show. I had a, another guest host and we were talking about a plane crash, uh, a UPS plane that crashed, um, but it mm. didn't just crash in normal fashion. A, a whole investigation was done and it was found that um, that the plane <laughs> missed the runway by two miles. And two miles. Yeah. Wow. In my head, I was instantly like, okay, an investigation was done. They said that, that there was no mechanical issues with the plane and that it was literally pilot error on, on assessing their altitude. And I'm thinking UPS puts thousands of planes in the air every week. That's the reason we get our, our packages in eight minutes after ordering from Amazon. And uh, these guys somehow missed the runway by two miles. Those planes almost fly themselves. That's an overstatement, but you know, They're 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 fly by wire in a lot of cases to miss the runway by two miles. My head instantly dug into it. And I was like, what's going on? And so in the the episode, I said, well, it was a the people that the, there were two pilots on the plane, a man and a woman. And as soon as I said that, the creative juices in my head start flowing as to how does the, how do you miss a runway by two miles upon land? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe they were distracted. And 
so I I alluded to that in in this that you know maybe there was some hanky panky you know and yeah. and oh my goodness I got messages from people that are like that's misogynist and I was like how's a misogynist <laughs> you know and they're like it, and the story that was invented that wasn't even there was that somehow I was disparaging a female pilot that she couldn't just fly a plane and i'm like uh there was a man and a woman on this plane so yeah where's the story that actually played out it would be two pilots that couldn't fly a plane you know it was funny but that's that's kind of the world we live in is where people get to make straw men out of nothing yeah and and then you get canceled and it's it's such a weird world where totally bunkers of the day no, we we string them up as soon as we see them, and we hang them from a tree. It's it's really, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and I mean, but but I accept that, and I just move forward with what I do because I have a strong fan base. Yes. You know that are are people that that they're tired of being told what to do. They're tired of being told what to think. Yeah, and it, you know, when I saw that, so I'll tell I'll tell everybody uh, now that you're on the show. I'll tell everybody kind of what where we're headed with this is you have you have some pretty edgy content i mean i i will say i will say just to prepare anybody that comes and listens to it it, you you don't you don't pull any punches and if you googled words you shouldn't say 2022 those words a lot of them get used but as soon as i saw that and i saw kind of the the drama with youtube and and how YouTube was saying, oh, no, we don't censor any kind of viewpoints. Well, Susan gave, Susan gave herself the Freedom Award, didn't she? Yeah, exactly. And so she says that and then and then they quietly do whatever they want behind the scenes and they blame it on an algorithm or a computer yeah. somewhere. But it's really hard to believe that as soon as I saw that, I sat down. And I didn't watch your episodes. I turned your episodes on and I closed my eyes and I laid down and I listened to several of your episodes. And I was like, holy cow, these work as podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. And so I came to you on Bended Knee and I was like, dead bug, would you, would you consider 1159 remastering your videos as podcast episodes? Because I firmly believe that the YouTube viewing audience and the podcast listening audience, although there's a minor amount of overlap, they are two different worlds. People that put content into their earballs, they can drive heavy machinery and or or sew or do their job as an accountant all day long. Whereas a YouTube watcher has to literally take their time to watch content. And I was like, this is two demogra- two different demographics. Let's do this. And you said, let's do this. <laughs> well, I didn't say let's do this right away. First of all, I, I didn't answer you. I ignored you. And then. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And you were like, yeah. You, no, you know, I mean, to, to be honest, I, I had no, I, I, because I don't have the expertise in podcasts. And it was like, I, I trusted you that you knew what you were doing. And then some of your fans, you guys gave me a shout out and some of your fans came over uh, to my Patreon and some of uh, the, your fans came over to um, my YouTube channel and they were the nicest people. And then, I mean, I just thought this guy has got the nicest fans. And then I talked to Kent and he were amazing. And it's just like, I just thought these are good people. And I thought we could work together in some way. 
I love that. And you felt, you felt instantly, and I don't want to over adopt our relationship, but you felt very 1159 media to me. Our, our audience is unique in that we have, I don't know how, I don't know how we do it, but we have all colors. We've got all races, creeds, religions, and they all seem to coexist pretty well. I mean, there's, you know, really, really nice people. And I, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying that to get up anybody's ass. They're really nice people. And just, and like I said, I've had, I've had lots of people come to me and want to do things and I don't even answer them back. I mean, I'm not, I mean, you know, when Ken wanted to, me to be on a show, I mean, I didn't answer him right away, you know, yeah. cause I mean, it's just, I'm not, but it was just, it's, it has to be a trust thing with me. Well, and, and I'm just glad to have you. And what I will say, what's, what's interesting about our, our relation, our scenario so far, even is you and I are, are talking to each other on zoom, but our cameras are off because there's, there's still a modicum level of privacy that you want to maintain even. And I, I respect that. I think that's, you know, I, I think that's uh that's, that's healthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty private person. So yeah. I'm just glad you're, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're letting us do this. Um, I'll give you an update since I just got it on, on email. Um, we've been trying to get the show approved with Apple podcasts to get things rolling here. And it's taken a little while. They kept using the COVID excuse, but just so you know, I just got an email that says we're ready to roll on that. So I'll finish buttoning up the episode. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah. That is fucking great. That's great. Cause I haven't told anybody. Yeah. So within a couple of days, we'll get that lit up and uh, our relationship with you, uh, just so everybody can support you uh, as much as possible. Our relationship uh, is a bit different than than normal 1159 stuff. You already had a, a great uh, Patreon going forward, and we didn't want to mess with that. So we're going to produce and distribute your podcast. Uh, so th- that version will be free uh, f- wherever you listen to podcasts. But we'll also send you the episodes directly to you, Deadbug, and, and you'll mm-hmm. be able to put those early and ad-free on your own Patreon. We won't do that on ours. We'll just tell people, hey, we did another one, go over there. And so that's, we we want to, I don't know, it's silly, it's silly, and I think I mentioned this to you before, it's silly when 1159 Media can potentially do more to raise the ships in Deadbug's Harbor than YouTube can. That, that to me is, uh, that's a shame. It shouldn't be that way. Well, I mean, it's, 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 but it's been amazing. It's been amazing so far. I mean, our, our relationship too is it's, it's uh, developing, isn't it? I mean, it's, so we haven't figured out where we're at yet, but it's, uh, it's quite organic and we, you know, we're, we're figuring out, we want to do things together, but we're just sort of figuring out as we go, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, we're feeling it out. I believe the subject line on my first email to you, because I had very little contact with you at the beginning and I came kind of out of the shoots with a, crazy idea so the subject line was hand down your pants part one because it felt very much like you know this is so i'm i'm really violating our first date you know trying to (laughs) really get in your kool-aid but but you've been a a champ i i you have not responded to my deck picks which i've been sending to you of my of my deck i was uh i was uh, overwhelmed yeah a lot of wood a lot of wood (laughs) Uh, you know, I, I believe, you know, a lot of people I think don't respond right away. Cause they're like, is that a, is that actual varnish on that deck or is it, you know, but uh, you know, I do what I can do. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, we, and Ken, Ken had a lot of, Ken was very, uh, uh, 
you know, he's very, he's a really good fellow. I really enjoyed speaking to him as well. I, I love, I love Kent. I love what we've got going uh, at 1159. I love that, uh, you know, we can be working with you and you bring a whole different aspect. I mean, it, I can't, as a, as a, as a former computer animator and a marketing guy, uh, your professional portfolio uh, inside of what you do with Deadbug and outside of Deadbug is astonishing and that you are even talking to me. I'm just, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm grateful too. And, I, and I've had contact with Jack as well. We can't leave Jack out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And again, he's just such an amazing guy. I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be, you know, I just think the sky's the limit. We can, we can do things beyond this. And uh, it's sort of an open palette really, isn't it? It is. It is. And I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm, yeah, I'm glad to hear that you and Jack connected. Um, yeah, we, uh, we, our evil plan of, of trying to dominate dead bugs earballs is, is uh, working out. <laughs> Good. No, it definitely is. Definitely. <laughs> well, okay. Hey, Hey, I've got a question for you. Okay. Um, hey, dead bug. Mm. Hey, if you could own two vehicles, one being your daily driver and the other being like a ridiculous car that only the rich could or should afford. What, what would you own? What two vehicles would you, what two, what two vehicles? Okay. Number one, I don't drive. Oh, okay. But, but no, but that's, but that's not a, a deal breaker on that. Uh, when I were a kid, which I drove all the time and oh. we liber- we liberated people's cars, me and my crew. And we would drive from, from uh, point A to B and uh, we were eventually caught and charged. And uh, a true story here. And I were uh, given uh, three years where I couldn't drive. Oh really? Yeah, like the, the the judge said, if you're behind a wheel in any aspect, if you're caught stealing a car, or whatever, that's it. You go straight to jail. No juvie at that time because I were underage, and uh, so I never. So oddly enough, I never ever drove. And then suddenly, because I've always lived in like New York or London, mm-hmm. where you you don't need a car. So, but. To, to, to answer that question, I do love cars. I have an appreciation for cars. So if I could, and I, and I, you know, I always say now I'm going to drive. I'm going to learn to drive. And I never have. I mean, I, I know how to drive, but I mean, get a license, get a proper license. But if I, if I, if I were going to get a car for an everyday ride, I will get the uh, Trans Am from smoking the smoking the abandoned but it wouldn't be the 1979 uh, non-power steering shopping cart edition you know because it'd be like driving a shopping cart well i get the two 2016 i think it were the burt reynolds abandoned edition where they oh. did it and and there were 77 of them i think were signed because i think 77 was the year it came out and i will get that that would be my car that would be glorious yes yeah. And that, would that cover all of your, would that cover your daily driver and the car that you could own if you were rich? No, uh, if I had, if I had tons of money, I think I will. I, I spoke to this about my friend, me and my friend always say this, uh, I, will, I will buy an ice cream truck. You know, in England, they got those ice cream trucks. Yeah. Yeah. I will buy and I would cover it with jewel encrusted skulls. And I will fucking blare heavy metal music and I would just drive around fucking England and there'd be a mattress in the back in case I meet any uh, chicks that I'm going to like have, you know, fuck. And that would be it. I just drive around England solving mysteries, probably like I go back to my uh, investigative journalist days. I would solve mysteries in this black van with jewel encrusted skulls, listening to Iron Maiden, Sabbath, uh, groups like that. Probably a little Nazareth when I want to, you know, fuck a girl. They like that. They like that sort of music. Do they? Yeah. 
Oh wow, that's a that's a whole that's a smorgasbord for the mind. I know. Well, I've I've had I had that plan for a long time. That was my sort of dream. I can you know, tell. Like, I can tell yeah. So I mean, I had it all prepared, and like I said, the whole mattress in the back thing. I mean, that just fucking it'd be great. Think about it. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty good life. You're a director, and you're very good at your directing. Because I can't not think about it right now as I as I sit here. Uh, wondering which is stronger in my ears, my the hymns blaring or the music from your ice cream truck. So, uh, but the, but definitely the Burt Reynolds band in addition that would be awesome. That would be I I could get behind that one, uh, and you know I would love to see the ice cream truck. I'll probably never get in it, especially not if there's a black light. Um, <laughs> yeah, and plus there's a mattress in the back. I mean, come on now. You, <laughs> I would, to be honest with you, you wouldn't be welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's good that we have boundaries. It's very uh, speaking of boundaries, though, just a second ago, I heard you you almost said have sex with, and then you censored yourself and used the F word. I want you to know that I, I don't want you to censor yourself here. So yeah, well, that was the thing I was thinking, you know, I, I, I should, you know, I might offend people, but then, you know, yeah. I mean, come on, girls, do you want to have sex or do you want to fuck? Yeah, that it. I don't ever. I've heard you ask that, and now I, I believe. I don't know. I have another question for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a, a moot point. This next question, but maybe we hearken back to the days when you were um, in your prepubescence and you were driving. But when you were driving or in your brain mind, if you're driving your sex cream truck or your Burt Reynolds version, Trans Am, would you say, <laughs> what kind of a driver are you on a scale of one, quote unquote, obeys all the laws or 10, quote, people are weak and I use my car to express my dominance over them? Where would you sit, sit on that? Spectrum? You know, I, I, the funny thing is, is I, I would think that I would be like a considerate normal driver like i don't think i would be pushing the boundaries too much and like because it seems i don't know about to you but it, to me it seems like everybody that gets behind a fucking wheel is a tough guy yeah maybe it's maybe it's because like i'm i'm a lot of times i'm like walking you know or like i'm you know in the city streets or something like you go to cross a crosswalk and someone will fucking speed through and they won't stop and then, and then you yell at them and they'll give you the fucking finger and then you look and it's a guy who looks like fucking ned flanders and he's you know fucking uh giving you the finger yeah. And so so I would think it's it's really fucking weird. It's because now even you know those little fucking cripple buggies, those little buckets of meat that the leg mentals drive? You know <laughs> wait, wait a second. Are you, you talking know, about wheelchairs? Yeah, no, wheelchairs, but uh the, the carts, the cripple carts, the cripple mobiles, oh, you know oh, the ones at like a grocery store, the ones that No, no, the ones you know they the people drive you get you you the four wheels. I got a lot of them in England where they're fucking driving around. And you know they 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 can go go quite fast. They're like little uh, four wheel motorcycles almost, or three wheels, and the cripples and leg mentos drive them. Oh, <laughs> this is this is new new to me. So, but I'm going to say yes. But you know, like they like, and sometimes they're just fat people. They're just fat. They're not even leg oh, mentos. Right. Yeah. That's you know the. Yeah, you see them. They'll, and, they'll, some fucking guy. Some guy. We weighed about a fucking a deuce, a deuce and a half. He was fucking uh, riding by me the other day and he almost ran me over. And I said, hey, fuck chops. You almost ran me over. And then he gave me the finger. He said, fuck you. Wow. 
And I wanted, I wanted to go give him a pound then, but I thought, I mean, what's it going to look like if I'm beating a, a fucking leg mantle? You know, yeah. I'm pounding. It's not going to look good, is it? Especially no. immigration, especially immigration status. You know, it's like uh, yeah. you got a c- criminal charge. What were it for? It were beating up a cripple, but yeah. he had it come. But but he had it coming. But they, the immigration, they don't care about shit like that. They'll say, well, he was still cripple. Yeah, the, but, the, you would probably you you would probably get banned from uh, the country. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I don't want, you know, and I don't want that. So I let it, I just let it go. I just said, fuck you, buddy. But yeah, so I would be a considerate driver. I think uh, I'll leave all that inconsiderate drivers to the leg mentals and whatnot. Yeah, I, I feel very similar about people with legs and without them on driving topics. I got the middle finger one time. It was the, <laughs> I was, I was. 50% impressed and 50% completely exasperated by this one. I'm in a lane and I'm in the main part of a freeway. And there's another tinier freeway that joins sort of an on-ramp, but it's another freeway and it joins the main freeway. I have 1000% the right of way, right? Mm. And this, this, this gal in a Passat, a Volkswagen comes up. Oh no, a Jetta. It was a Jetta. All right, it's very important we get make and model correctly. Um, she came up and I saw her coming up and and she was in her own lane. But as she got to the front of my car, she just comes over into my lane. Uh, she, you know, with a couple feet in front of my car. But as she merges, she had a middle finger in the air starting in her lane as she came over. Like it wasn't even like she was waiting for some conflict. She just prefaced the whole thing with the middle finger. It was, it was. Bizarre. And you've done nothing wrong. She's oh, in the wrong. And and she hadn't even done anything wrong yet. She started the middle finger before she merged. <laughs> I was you, like, you just really, that, 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 that's what I'm talking about. People that, you know, that's when they're saying about when you're asking about like showing your, your authority or whatever. I mean, that's just fucking rude, isn't it? It seems to be. Yeah. And uh, here's a fun fact to know and share. There's a statistic out actually that says that that of all of the makes and models of cars Mm. that and and they get this from traffic accident reports that the most aggressive drivers actually statistically are Volkswagen Jetta drivers. You're joking me. No, that is the most that is statistically the most aggressive drivers and i think what they do is they take accident report data and then who was at fault in the in the the accident or the you know, whatever you know the 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 illegal driving act yeah, yeah volkswagen jetta there you go yeah everybody they, probably thought it was trans am but nope what about skull covered ice cream trucks it's, it's high on the list but there's also one thing i found is in reporting any incidents with a skull encrusted sex cream truck that no one is willing to talk so there's less data okay <laughs> they can't talk because they they've been yeah. asked they've been asked fucked and thrown to the curb that's yeah. it I, I hey, you, that you know what we're, we're talking about data this is this isn't totally far off bound here but when they're talking about data i i was reading psychologically that people have you ever been in a parking lot and and people lay um they won't they they get in their car and you're waiting to get in that space and then they start taking their fucking time they're checking the mirror they're checking their watch yeah. they're on the phone and stuff 
that's a psychological thing that goes back to fucking caveman days where they're showing you their dominance. They're saying, you want me to move, but I'm not moving. I'll move when I'm ready to move. That's so interesting. Yeah. It makes me think, like, what's going on in your life where you need this, where this is a a necessary, because you think about it, that person, they say, get in their car at home, turn the Mm. key on. And for that whole driving experience, they're going to be displaying those kinds of dominant traits. It's not like, you know, it turns off and on. And I wonder, like, what's going on in your life where you feel like you need this this thing well maybe that the thing is is that maybe that is it's like they say about fucking trolls on youtube and people like that and they they troll you and things is sometimes it's their only fucking control like they're getting fucking whipped at work no one will fucking talk to them at the bus stop they're fucking getting stepped on on on, every aspect of their life and that's the one aspect that they can control and say fuck you guess what i can just message someone out of the blue and say you're a piece of shit and nothing will happen to me they think that, but the, what they're displaying screams, I, I'm out of control in my life. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got, I got nothing. And this is, yeah. this is the one aspect and I'm failing even at that. Yeah. It's funny. I, I actually drive a 99 Chevrolet Suburban, which uh, I don't know in the, it, what that equivalent would be in, in Britain. I don't even know if you've got a car that's that big of a gas guzzler over there. No. Uh, but uh, it's just it's ridiculous and big and it can fit like fit like eight people. It's like a it's like a uh, I don't know, close to like a, like a people carrier or something. Yeah. People carrier, I guess, or like one of those service lorries that you guys have over there. What's um, it called? It's a she- it's a Chevy Suburban Chevrolet Suburban, but it's Chevy a Suburban. Oh, it's from 1999. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not even in this century. But wow, it's a, it's a big one. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's big. It's, it's sort of, it looks like a people carry. Then like something like rappers would, uh, sort of drive and stuff. And that's why I drive it because I thought I, I'm going to be rapper level celebrity someday, and I need to start. Now, There's probably probably bulletproof windows as well on it, right? It, all of the windows are tinted, so you can't see inside of. So that. if they so if they were going to take a shot at you, they wouldn't hit you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sizable as an individual, but they'd still probably miss my license plate. I'm I just got it on order. Is hug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> So that'll be fun. Uh, And I, and a little while ago, my wife was like, you know, you could probably afford to go buy a truck, you know, something that doesn't break down all the time. And I was like, I could, or I could just throw more money into this and make it awesome. And she's like, that sounds stupid. And so I got it lifted and got ridiculous mud tires on it. And uh, it is the epitome of, I don't know. I guess all the things that you would think that somebody that drives a lifted truck would be compensating for yet. I don't, maybe that's, that's the whole ism is I don't know what I'm subconsciously compensating for in my, in my life to have that kind of a vehicle. I like, I like it. I think it looks good. Yeah. It it carries the family around and and honestly, the family never really gets in it because we have another car that actually works very very efficiently so it's sort of a treat when everybody gets to get in it and listen yeah. to the loud i had the i had the engine uh replaced with an ls engine which uh 
is well, actually, you you really you're really fucking throwing uh, good money after bad, aren't you? I am. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do money. And so yeah, I put it. Uh, the engine that's in it is actually a Corvette engine. <laughs> Real? Are you joking me? Oh, I'm not kidding you. It's an LS3 engine, and uh, it it it'll pin your ears back when you when you hit the gas, and it sounds glorious and all the things and. Uh, but yet I'm a I'm a respectful driver, so it's sort of a I don't know contrast in. in yeah, well, I, I don't I don't think being a, a disrespectful uh, driver is particularly cool. I mean, I think being a polite driver is more of a an ism of what you are as a person. I think what what I found to be the case is um, I can either go out and display my my you know uh, isms by sitting in parking spaces for longer periods than I need and everything. But I think the true power is knowing I have power, but not wielding it, uh, you know, in life, I think that's a good lesson is, well, yeah. I mean, don't they say the ultimate, the ultimate power is the power of forgiveness. Oof. Yeah. That's some heavy lifting, you know, but I, you know what I mean? It takes more to, you. I think so. It's, it does. Yeah. I I mean, I, I think it's better to be a polite and, uh, you don't have to be an asshole. I believe that the, the, the exact quote from Gandhi is the true power is in knowing you could be an asshole, but you're not one. I believe that's what Gandhi said. So Gandhi said asshole. I believe. Yep. It was like the only time that he, he swore. Said, yeah. And he was hungry. He was really hungry. He said, well, he got agitated. The munchies. Then it happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I, so you're over in London, right? You're, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I had a couple of questions about London uh, because one, your 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 politics or your politician sessions, I don't even know what they're called when they're like talking to each other in the room and there's like an aisle in the middle and they're talking over each other. What do you call that? Uh, the houses, the houses of parliament. Yeah. The houses of parliament. And when they're in there doing their talking, I, I, I so interesting because they just seem like characters. They don't seem like real, like, like what they're doing is substantial because it's so noisy. And they're like, one person will be like, I believe that crepes should only be distributed at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays. And then everybody behind them is like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then the other side's like, rabble, rabble, rabble. It's so fun to listen to. You know, it's, it is so fucking weird. You're totally right. It's something that I have never got my head around. And it is so strange. And I've actually done a documentary where I was one of only 10 people to be a commoner. And that's what they call them, people that aren't lords, to have gone into the House of Lords. Wow. Which, which is that building, yeah. And I was able to go in there and sit in and watch them. And, and the House of Parliaments, the House of Lords is even a step up. The House of Parliaments are the green seats where they argue. And the House of the Lords is where the queen goes in and shit. And that's what the, where they got the red leather seats. And I was, I was sitting in there and watching them argument, arguing. And this again was when I was a journalist and I couldn't figure it out. They, they ridicule each other. They make jokes about them being gay or being sissies or, and it just, it's, it's something beyond me. Canada has something very similar with the mm-hmm. house of parliament, but again, it's all very strange. I mean, I'm, I'm more attuned to American politics than uh, English. I've never figured it out. Although I have voted here and stuff. I would say is I almost prefer the Canadian slash British way of doing it because they're all clowns anyway, even here in America. And I would just prefer them to act like it, you know, rather than pretend to be important because 
we'd get a lot more done if we could just kind of laugh our way through it as opposed to, yeah. you know, have to try to pretend to take what they're saying seriously. We have, we well, have that kind of two tiered system as well. We have Congress down below and then we've got the house yeah. and the Senate above. But I guess the good English way is that they, like I said, they bash it out. They'll insult each other. They get in there. And then there's the guy up in the middle. Uh, I forget what he's called now. I did a whole documentary on it, but I can't remember, but he's the sort of almost like the referee. Yeah, you know, the guy guy who sits up there in the in the robe and he's the referee and he tells him to sit down and his power is being able to, you know, you shut up, you guys sit down. And then then it's your turn to insult those guys. And then it's your turn. And they you hear them. They boo. They laugh. They make jokes about each other. And I guess in some ways, like you said, it's uh, it's a little more uh, it's all out there, isn't it? Well, it definitely provides fodder for the news media, for sure. I mean, I, I would uh, your newspapers must just be on fire producing the amount of uh, vitriol that seems to be passed across that aisle. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. To be honest. Oh, yeah, it, it is. It is interesting, you know, for an outsider, you know, like myself. It also it also feels very much childlike. Like I remember having tree forts where we conducted business similar. <laughs> like it, it's almost surprising that it's adults. But then I think about U.S. politics and I think how you know, like we'll try to bring a, a judge into uh, the Supreme Court or something, which is a, like a lifelong position, and there's twelve of them or thirteen. No. I can't Baker's dozen, I think. Or so I can't remember. But when we try to bring one back in, and and the Senate has their questioning days, uh, we don't we don't even just allow the senators to just beat them up. Where we we uh, outsource that to protesters that they let in the building. Who, <laughs> disturb the whole session and then everybody kind of sits there like you know it freezes it's funny the way that we do things here it's like nobody wants to take accountability for their words whereas you guys you're like you own it because those guys wake up over there in britain and they're like this is what i'm going to say today i'm going to use this swear word and in in ours it's like we're not going to say any of that but i'm going to call the call the press and tell them you know give them some inside information <laughs> it's just so <laughs> different it's a weird way different way of working i guess it's just a it's a total another world really yeah it is hey i've got a fun fact to know and share for you okay so here's here's uh here's a bit of unknown uh information did you know that back in 1896 the speed limit in britain where you're actually at right now was a meager two miles per hour uh, probably it was actually two kilometers per hour or something like that. But that's I actually, I actually did know that. Wow. I did know that. And that's slower than, than most people walk. I mean, it was, it was two miles an hour in the city and it was four miles an hour in the country. If you wanted to let the wind blow through your hair, if that's even possible at four, at four miles an hour. <laughs> Wow. I think in the country you'd be you'd run the risk of getting trampled by any, you know, random farm animal at that speed still. Well, it, well exactly. the only the only reason I know this is because I did you know that I got a show called Strange Things. Yes. And it's about weird fucking fucked up things or paranormal or just weird murders or weird incidences. I I did this story about the first person that was killed in a road accident in England was in 1896, obviously the year of uh, when the, when the first cars were invented. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and this, and this person got, uh, am I, am I stopping you from telling no, the story? Not at all. Not at all. 
Oh, good, good. I, I don't want to. But this this person was. Uh, oh, so you sure I'm not stopping you? Oh no, not at all. Okay, <laughs> this this person was run over by a car that was doing two miles an hour, run over and killed. But then this guy got charged and they took him to court and his girlfriend said that he wasn't going two miles an hour, that he had pimped up his car. Now, how do you pimp up a car to go from two miles an hour? He was driving eight miles an hour. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And he ran over this broad. And, you know, fucking eight miles an hour. That's that's your average sprint. Yeah, I was going to say you're not going there and everybody should see you coming. Uh, actually, though, that's another interesting thing about th- this particular year in particular, and I believe for a couple of years to come was and maybe it was spawned by the case you're talking about that not only was the speed limit so low, but you were required to have a man walk in front of your car with a red flag to warn <laughs> pedestrians that you're approaching. That's crazy to me. Fuck, I didn't even know that. And this is in England. Yeah, yeah. So imagine wow. how much of a stir it caused when Walter Arnold raced through the streets of Paddockwood, Kent, which is Kent is a place there in, in Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We got a lot of confusion when we created a show called True Crime Kent and we had all these people messaging us being like, So far I've heard no no uh no crimes happening here in Kent. Uh, you know- you know, when you said the funny thing, you said that when Kent messaged me on Instagram and he said, we're true crime, Kent, and we want to talk to you. I said, fuck that. I don't want to talk to any fucking English pe- people in Kent. And I just ignored it because I thought there were like some English guy in his bedroom doing a show, true crime, Kent. And I thought, fuck, there's no way I'm going to talk to anybody crime in Kent. So that's what I thought it was, too. Funny enough. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that show would be good. I don't know if you could get a whole season out of it, but, you know, two guys sitting there. Hey, bruv. Yeah, let's talk. <laughs> you know, oh my goodness. Oh, but but yeah, so this guy, and you know what? I think our stories are kind of merging because this guy was going four times the speed limit, which would have been eight miles an hour. Fuck. So I've wrecked your I've wrecked your story no. by telling that story. I'm sorry. No, I don't think so because the rest of the story is he was chased <laughs> for, for five miles by a police constable on a bicycle. <laughs> before being caught and was fined one shilling. So either it was the same guy, different day. No, it's a totally different. Obviously eight, eight miles was the, was the, if you pimped up your car, that was, that was the speed. (laughs) So he's chased. So he's literally chased by a cop on a bike. Yeah. And, and he, (laughs) and the cop catches it. So that tells you, I don't even know how you (laughs) up a car from back. Like, I don't know if maybe it goes faster when you put oatmeal in the tank, as opposed to whatever they used, whatever they were sticking. And you saw those, those fucking cars back then. They just look like bikes. Oh, like they look like bikes with a couch on it. Bikes with a couch and like a crank to start it, which you had to be like muscular. That's fuck. That's fucked up though, because those stories. I I feel bad telling my story first. There, I'm sorry about that. I got that carried away, but I only because it was fresh in my mind of of that whole time. And and it was and this was yours in 1896 as well. Yeah, yeah. So it must either it either was the same guy, or it was more to the story, which happens, right? We were talking about this where you know information is cut out of media for one reason or another my story just they decided to cut out the fact that he killed a lady <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was it's sort of yeah they've we've got the edited uh 
version. But I think, but I think, I think almost because cars weren't so common back then that people would have just sort of, because you ever see that news reel footage, like from the uh, turn of the century where people are just staring at the camera in wonderment. Yeah. Yeah. And I get the feeling that people would see a car and they would just like, like a rabbit or a deer in the headlights, just walk out and in wonderment, just fucking stand out in the road and just get hit. Yeah. I, I could definitely see that. Well, also roads weren't really a thing anyway, because the, the biggest vehicle we had at the time was the horse and they do better on dirt than a pavement. So nobody yeah. had paved anyway. So they'd get out there and they'd get stuck in a rut maybe and couldn't get out of the way in the last minute. Bam. Eight miles. Bam. And that would be a fucking slow death. Cause I can't imagine that being a quick death. Like, you know, it's not like you're getting hit by 60 miles an hour. It'd be kind of messy. Like, it'd be like you fucking, yeah. you'd have a heart. You'd probably get caught in the spokes or whatnot, you know, <laughs> front wheel bump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would be. But I like the idea of the flag. I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's funny and also seems uh, expensive. <laughs> like you get a car, but you also have to get a guy. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't drive. Like where the fuck is Jim with the flag? <laughs> it just seems excessive. But then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we replaced that with private jets today, where you get a you get a, a jet, but you also have to get a pilot. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But I mean, it just it doesn't seem cost effective, eh? Like no, you want to go want to go to the strip club, you fucking got to have some guy walking in front of you with a flag. Which makes which makes me amazed that it actually caught on more than it you know than it that it didn't fail because that just seems like a very arduous process where you could just jump on a horse instead and go faster. Well, I don't think cars were even mass produced until when they're like uh, Ford, like in the nineteen twenties, right? So it's early, still yeah, early nineteen hundreds, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, crazy, crazy the the uh, the progress that we've made since then. With the with the automobile, the automobile, or the motor, or the or the motor car, as you'd call it, I guess. Yeah, the motor car. Yes, uh, we are very efficient in killing people today with them. So we've come a long oh, way. Oh, fucking right! You, you know, uh, I was reading something. Believe it or not, uh, six hundred thousand people in the UK in two thousand twenty were killed in uh, in road accidents, automobile accidents over here. Wow, six hundred thousand. That's a fucking lot of people. And you think about it, 600,000 people, it's like fucking, and that's with COVID. I mean, like, you know, because we had COVID, there'd be less people on the roads. There should have should have been. That, speaking of cars at a literal standstill, takes us to uh, today's call, actually. Okay. So it was July 22nd, 2018 in Lakeway, Texas. Uh, it had gotten up to 104 degrees Fahrenheit or 313.15 degrees Kelvin that day. A solid outdoor temperature for a summer day, but nothing to write home about. That is, unless you were a 10-year-old trapped in a truck for over an hour. Uh, because he was 10, we don't have this little hot boy's name, so we'll just call him Carl. Carl. Okay. Carl. Okay. But he's a 10-year-old boy. Could he just not roll down a window or open the door and get out the operator? You might be asking. Well, yeah, he was fully capable of doing that, but was restricted from doing so by his mother. Mm. Yeah, crazy. So let's listen to this call placed by a 10-year-old S10 sauna victim and see how this plays out, shall we? Okay. All right, here we go. My mom is really drunk and I'm sitting in the car, it's super hot. Okay, where are you? I'm in the 
place called Lakewood or something. A place? Where? What is it called, hon? Like, it's in Lakewood, and it's like Lake Lake Travis. He's really drunk. Okay, you're... Okay, take a breath for me, hon. Are you by water? It's like near a place where they drop the boats off. It's near a place where they have what? Where they drop the boats off. It's like a big water place where they drop all the boats off. And they go fishing. Okay, and how long has your mom been gone? No, she's sitting in the car. And where are you? I'm in the car in the back seat and she won't tell you next month. Really Is she, can you talk to her? No, she won't talk. Okay, do you, what color is your car? It's a black truck. Okay, can you try to get her to talk to me? Talk to them. She just said no. Okay, that's okay. How old are you? I'm 10. You're 10? Tent. They're in a truck. Okay, are the windows down, hon? No. Okay, what's your name? All right, and you're doing awesome. What's your mom's name? Adrian. Adrian? What's Adrian's last name? Mom. Can you spell that for me? M O S S. Okay, look around for me, and you said you're by where the boats are parked? No, like they drop off the boats. Okay, by the boat dock. Okay, do you know why you're there? What you guys were doing there? No. Well, I know our house is really hot. So the car Our house is really hot, so she went to a friend's house. And, okay. And now... We were leaving like the mom for the curdle and I fell asleep and now we're here. Oh, okay. I see. Do you know what kind of truck that is, that black truck? Uh, no. You don't know? Does it have two doors or four doors? Four doors. It's a four door? Yeah. No. And it's all black? Does it have any kind of stickers or anything on it? No. No, no? Okay. Do you know what color the wheels are? Black. What, Sean? It's not. Okay, you're doing really good. I have some people coming to help you out, okay? Can you... Do you see anybody walking around outside in the parking lot or anything? Um, I see a blue and white boat. You see a blue and white boat? Yes. But do you see any people? Uh, yes. You do? Will you do me a favor? Will you get out of the car and walk up to one of those people and give them the phone? I'm You don't want to? No. Okay. No, that's okay. Can you roll down a window? Nope. Yeah. Oh no. The windows are locked. Hey, give me give the phone to your mother for me, hun. No, she's just gonna hang it up. Okay, okay. That's all right. Can you ask her nicely if she could please roll down the window because it's hot? Can you roll down the window? 
Can we roll down the window? She said no. Okay, they're almost there. How long have you been there, you think? Like an hour. Has this anything like this ever happened before? No. Okay. Okay, can you look out the windows? You can would you be able to just yell at somebody for help? The windows are locked. They're locked. Can you see the ramp that goes down to the water from where you are? Kinda. Kinda? Can you see uh, like buildings that look like apartments where you are at? Yeah. You can? Yeah. What What's mom doing now? I don't know. She's just saying stop. What is she saying stop about? Mm. Does she feel, do you think she doesn't feel good? Okay. Yeah, she's in the condos. Um, can you, hey, will you look around and tell me if you can see a dumpster? I can see a police car. You can see a police car? Yeah. Okay, they should be coming to you pretty soon. Okay. I'm going to still stay on the phone until they come, okay? Okay. Okay, you're doing super good. Do you see a policeman? Yeah. Okay, you guys talk to him. You did a good job, okay? Okay. Okay, good job, bud. Bye. Oof. What was weird to me right there at the end is I don't think it was, I don't think it was necessary that she swear at him. I mean, they had to beep her out and everything. That seems uncalled for. What did the kid, the kid, the kid swore at the, the mom? No, the dispatcher was like, you did really good, bleep. Oh, <laughs> I think she were um, saying his name. Oh, okay. Yeah, darn it. Uh, <laughs> I can be but, uh, but I can see how you could be confused and misconstrue that. He's like, what's your name? And then he's all swearing at her. Beep, 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 beep. But uh, that's where my mind goes. But, no, yep. I think they have to block out the name because of the age. Yeah. So let me ask you, dead bug, what mm. are your thoughts on what should happen to someone who intentionally leaves their child in a hot car? Well, it's really weird. A couple of weird aspects of this. First of all, I thought when he said super hot, I thought he was saying his mom was super hot. Oh, yeah. He said, my mom is super hot. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And the first thing I did is, well, I got to check this out. And I Googled her and she, trust me, she's not super hot. No, she's, she's not. She's got the fucked up eyebrows like she like drew them on, didn't she? She did. She did that. And the thing, well, the thing here now, I, there's been some criticism here that the kid could have just got got out and walked out of the car. 
Right. Like he could have just walked out. But I don't, I, but I don't think that that's, you know, he's 10. But the, well, that, well, that's, see, that's what I was going to say, because when I were a kid, okay, and with my dad, he, my dad used to punish us and he used to draw a circle in the sand. And then without a lie, I'm not joking here. He used to draw a circle in the sand. And if we fucking did something wrong, he'd say, you sit in this fucking circle until I fucking tell you you can get out. And no matter how hot it was, and trust me, they were hot. Sometimes we would blister. It would be so fucking hot. We would not get out of that fucking circle because your dad said so. And I remember the one time, I'm digressing here a bit, but I'm telling you the the, the mindset of staying in a circle is that my dad would always say, the one rule was uh, don't drive down the driveway on your bike because like all the, the asphalt, the, the, is the, what's the black stuff on the road? Is that called asphalt? Pavement, blacktop, asphalt. Yeah, yeah, the black, yeah, but it, it were all sort of cracked up and old and they were all loose and stuff. So if you drove down, that was very, very thin on the driveway between the car and the wall. Ah. Because of the house. So my dad said, you walk your bike down. You never. So one time I would ride my bike down and I, and I fucking lost my, my, my bearing on the wheels slipped out from under me and my pedal banged into my dad's Pinto. My dad had a Pinto station wagon that were fucking pride, pride and joy. It was this lime green piece of shit. And the fucking doors didn't even match. One of the doors was yellow because he had it replaced. It's a Pinto. How could that be your fucking pride and joy? But my pedal went into it. And then my dad saw from out the kitchen window and he came out and he went fucking ape shit and he fucking ripped me off the fucking bike. And he went into dragged me into the backyard and he drew a circle and he said, you sit in this fucking circle and you don't fucking get out. And then he went and he grabbed my five speed, this beautiful red five speed that were like, you know, really good, really fast. You got the girls as well. And <laughs> he put it down and he threw it down on the ground and we had this log splitter that my dad must've made. It was like made out of iron. It looked like an ax, but it split logs. Yeah. And he started fucking banging the shit out of my fucking bike. And every time he was looking after, he was looking over at me, he was banging over. I was laughing and that would make him even fucking matter. And he would start fucking banging, banging, smashing my fucking bike to smithereens. He'd look over again and I was still laughing. And then he fucking smashed, he kept, he smashed it. I swear to God operator until we're fucking just nuts and bolts. Okay, oh my gosh. Not, not some balls. He smashed it all up. And then he came over to me and he said, that bug, I'm fucking smashing your fucking pride and joy bike to smithereens. And you're laughing like a fucking mental retard. What is your issue here? What is so funny? And I said to him, I said, dad, while you weren't looking, I stepped out of the circle three times. <laughs> you see how, you see how fucking smart I am there? That I was still giving it to him, even though he was smashing my bike. I still had that bit of balls. Oh my gosh, oh goodness, yeah, you're but, tough. You're a tough kid. I don't oh. eat scrambled eggs, I'll tell you. But the thing <laughs> is, but the, but the point I'm making here is, is that even though this could could have got out, there's obviously some sort of fear factor here. The mom had this fucking, you know. I mean, he was he was scared to get out, wasn't he? Yeah, I I believe so. I I agree with that. He he was doing, you know. Uh, for for as terrible as parents can be, children have a tendency to obey to them. Act. They do. They obey them. They pro they protect them. They defend them, even if the adults are are horrible pieces of garbage. Yeah. And that was heartbreaking. I thought for me that that call was heartbreaking. Yeah. And how how as an adult, if we saw, if we were sitting somewhere and we saw a drunk lady and she was just going no. Now we're like, oh yeah. no, oh no, you're moving. Oh, oh, you know, and we would, we would motivate 
that person out of either harm's way or out of our way, you know, yeah. but yeah. child doesn't see it the same way. They, they, they don't believe they have any authority. And so I got to give it to the kid for even calling nine one one. It's like, I'll bet you money. That was not the first time that he had a reflex. No. He had to call nine one one on his mom. Yeah. Or on somebody. Yeah. That's not something that comes easy. That's something that is, that he's done before. And she, I mean, she's obviously a piece of work. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Well, in this case, Carl, our intrepid, tepid 10-year-old caller, was trying to report his situation. As we heard, his drunk mother, she was passed out in the front seat. And upon waking, she became belligerent and reluctant to let the boy leave the car. Mm. She was uh, identified as uh, 34-year-old Adrian Moss. Uh, with an outside of 104 degrees Fahrenheit, the internal temperature of an automobile with no circulating air could exceed 140 degrees. That is fucking hot. I mean, Texas is fucking hot. I love Texas, but I'll tell you what, when that heat hits. It's, it hits. Yeah. Just to put it in perspective, that is 5% of the temperature of the surface of the sun. I like to throw hyperbole. Wow. Out. Yeah, that's... It's hot. It's hot enough. It, you could scramble some eggs and get your eggs scrambled if you. That, 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 that is that is hot. It is. So police observed both hot Carl and his mom were sweaty inside of the car and that their hair was matted with some sort of wetness. We can presume that it was sweat, but we don't want to get judgy. So we'll just stick to the fact that their hair looked matted, wet and matted with probably sweat. Yeah. Adrian Moss's breath was fresh, if you like Everclear, and walked like a drunk version <laughs> of the lead singer of the band Everclear. <laughs> yeah. She was uh, she was two sheets to the wind, as I guess they would say in, you know, sailor <laughs> terms. In a scene of absolute contradictions, when police tried to separate the mother and son to ask the boy some questions, she simultaneously told the boy repeatedly to get out of my life while pushing away officers in an attempt to keep her son and her together. It was really weird. Yeah. A bit of a bit of a contradiction there. Yeah. So she was arrested and her bond was set at $15,000. Somebody bailed her out right away. Bit mystery. And that's surprising. I mean, $15,000 to bail out a skank, a drunken skank. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, and I don't know who would have done. I did a bit of a background check on her and it didn't look like there were any that I could see any usual suspects as to like who would be motivated. Not to say she's not loved and cared for or that she has family around. Uh, but uh, but fifteen thousand dollar bail would mean that somebody had to post ten percent of that, so fifteen hundred dollars, to get her out. When she clearly put her child in harm and was probably still in, quite inebriated when they picked her up. So yeah, you think you think they would have left her in there, wouldn't they, and let let her cool off or yeah. dry out? Yeah. So anyway, she was bailed out, and at trial, a judge dismissed her case. <laughs> Are you joking me? Oh, no, I, I don't know why. Not, not sure what the justifications would be, seeing as how she had a prior conviction in 2006 for driving while intoxicated. You Fucking know? hell. So this is not the first time. I mean, she's she's done it before. And if she's only been caught twice, meaning she's done it a lot of times and not been caught. 
you would think, yeah, by just basic statistics that that would definitely be. Hey, interestingly enough, it isn't even the first time that she broke the law in the presence of a minor earlier that same year in 2018, she was charged with harboring a runaway child. Fuck. That's really weird. Yeah. That case was also dropped. (laughs) Why? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. After her arrest, her attorney stated that the children uh, that were normally in her custody aren't in her custody anymore, but they were uh, rather a, at a supervisor of her choice uh, house and under their custody. But there's wow. a, there's a few questions that pop into my mind about this, like where she seems to have gotten away with any repercussions. Like what about child endangerment? Why, how, how do you as a judge, you know, factor in, okay. If you factor in her DWI or that whatever, but this was literal child endangerment and it's caught on audio. We know it for sure. And, yeah, and yet the judge was just like, rip, 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 rip. no, never mind. And uh, or what about another DWI? When the call started, she was passed out, and you can yeah. be charged in Texas with a DWI for sleeping in your car while drunk, and you can also get a DWI for getting behind the wheel. So driving while intoxicated is like in spades in this case. She was doing both. Fuck, weird, strange. Yeah. I'm wondering, uh, maybe does she have diplomatic immunity or something? Her court records show that she declared indigent status. Which Meaning means, well, she had no money, right? Yeah, during her arraignment. So it's not like it's not likely that there was this case where money was exchanging for what seems to be no punishment. But she definitely got no. So it leads me. It to- was funny. Oh, so I, I was going to say a funny when I first read that indigent thing, I thought it meant you were like an Indian. Yeah, and right. I, I googled it, and and she weren't an Indian. She's she was not an Indian. She yeah. Yeah, and I had to look that up as well after I wrote it. I was like, I wonder what that word means that I just yeah. wrote because so I'd never I, heard that before. I do that a lot. I write big words, and I'm like, I hope I'm using that right. Well, and that's no, that's the term though, isn't it? For it people, is. who, yeah. yeah. Indigent status means basically that that you know uh, what accompanies that is that uh, you'll probably be given uh, a lawyer by the state will provide you a, an attorney. Um, yeah. You know, uh, also interestingly enough that, uh, there are certain laws against holding people that are indigent just because they can't, you know, pay a bail or the or power something. of attorney sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a weird thing, but I think she's a lizard people. I think that's what this is. A lizard people. I never yeah. thought of that. There are a lot of them in Texas. There must be a little outpost. Yeah. She just got away with all of this. And the only conclusion I can come to is she's a lizard people. So I like uh, that. I like that idea. I, I I don't really have anything to say about that. I don't. Yeah. I, and you know what? It's just so mysterious, just like this case and why you would drop all the charges against her and everything that that's well, got, there's gotta be something weird. And I mean, I saw the picture of it. She certainly isn't hot. So the, the, the judge wouldn't have said, Hey, well, she's, you know, sexually alluring me. So I'm going to let her off. I mean, she had the eyebrows look like she drew them on with a big pen. Yeah. I, the only thing is somebody had enough cash to bail her out. So maybe that person had enough cash to kind of sway the system. I don't know. There's something fishy there though. I couldn't even find like in these cases, there's oftentimes in the court reporting court records that state that the punishment was stayed 
or something mm. so that the person could enter a rehabilitation program. I couldn't even find details about no. that. And you see, and you see that picture of her, her mugshot. She had that big shit eating grin. Like she yeah. just ate a shit sandwich and she liked that on her face. Yeah. And, and yeah, she was clearly drunk the whole time. And there and, was no remorse there. No. And especially, I mean, Holy cow, you're just compounding the guilt, the, the, uh, the uh, guilt. Yeah. Uh, case when you're sitting in a car refusing to let your child roll down a window and everything i mean the all signs point to this should this lady should have done time for this but nope nope she didn't well that's a justice system isn't it you know it is you know though with this one i had reached out to her family for an update on how she and her son are doing i figured it'd be nice to add a little light and maybe hope to a situation like this, you know, like three years on, how are they? Have they found peace and sobriety? You you didn't, you didn't mention the lizard theory though. Did you? I I didn't at the time because I wanted to just give me, you know, I wanted, I wanted to seem like I cared mostly. Okay. Mentioning the lizard thing would have, they would have, they wouldn't have taken that well. I don't think. It would have gone one of two ways, and I only wanted this to go one way. So I was emotionally manipulating them to give me information on her, as yeah, as you do, right? But um, ah, nobody got back to me, so she's just a piece of crap still. <laughs> really, they they so they never got back to you. Really, that's fucking. Yeah. And how did you say we're just from eleven fifty nine media? Yeah, I was just like, hey, we're gonna, you know, as journalists do, we're gonna run a story. It's gonna be done on this date. So if you got anything to say or add, we we like to respectfully in- include information about people within the story. And and they, and they might have been able to sort of do something like a, do a bit of a spin on it. You know, everybody goes through tough times. This was a tough time. She's a good person. Don't judge her on that. And she's a loving mother, but she was just going through a difficult time. And she she's remorseful of what happened. Nothing. Yeah. She didn't nothing. say anything. I, I I would have taken any of that. I even told him, I said, hey, if you want to be anonymous, um, you know, I'm more than happy to have that happen, too. But I didn't hear from anybody, which, you know, could be just that uh, they, they haven't checked their email. But, uh, you know, I tried a couple of times. So yeah, she gave you the high hat. Yep. And uh, so I, it's unfortunate. This whole thing is sad. I guess. Well, I guess there's a slight possibility because this happened in 2018 that. It could still be sitting on a shelf waiting for final judgment, but but no, because the case was dismissed, so nobody's looking. Weird, at it. yeah, weird. And she probably hasn't learned a lesson then. No, and right now she's sitting uh, with a you know, there's a 13 year old dealing with the same thing. Yeah, with, oh boy, this traumatized. Is- yeah, traumatized 13 year old. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, hey, dead bug. How about a happy ending? Uh <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> I mean, your dad's not looking, so. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm I'm the receiver, if so. <laughs> I'll have to close my eyes and get drunk. <laughs> I'll give you a moment. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so uh, I do have a question for you before I put uh, happy ending. Okay. Hey, dead bug. Mm. Hey, what are your most typical modes of transportation? We've ruled out driving because we driving, know you don't yeah, drive, so. I don't drive. So, how do you get around? Uh, I, I take um, in England they call it the tube. Okay, okay. And in uh, New York they call it uh, you know the subway. So yeah, subway or the tube basically. And so or, a, ca- or a cab. Okay, and you're and you're 
squarely in a pretty urban location where, you know, if you need groceries or whatever, it's, you know, either a walk or the two. Yeah, I mean, every, everything's like two minutes away, basically. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. Do you, how do you how do you like that kind of environment? I lived in Chicago and Seattle and a couple bigger cities, Birmingham, Alabama. Um, okay. And so I've I've gotten my taste of urban life. Denver. I lived down, downtown Denver. Um, okay. And now I live like you know five acre horse properties and that kind of thing. So it's very different now. But wow, very different. Yeah. What, how, what's your feel on it? Like, do you do you enjoy that? I, you know, like I said, I'm an inner city kid, you know, I mean, uh, my, my whole out my adult life, I lived in a uh, Korea town in New York on 52nd street. I lived in Hollywood for a bit, which were a bit too fruity for me. I didn't like it. Yeah, too many, too many granola eaters there. How did you fare in Koreatown not being, well, I'm presuming you're not Korean. I guess no, I'm not Korean. It's just the name of it. I mean, it's just, it's good, you know. Korea town is lots of different people live there. It's just a more of a cheaper place uh, in New York. It's just called Korea town, but you know, there's not a lot of Koreans there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, but, but you know, it's a bit of everything, you know, New York is a, a bit of everything. So it's not quite on cultural lockdown, like Chinatown. You know? No, no, it's, it's just, it's just an area of New York called Korea town and uh, just rough used to be very rough, but it's not rough now. Now it's very expensive. But when I lived there, we were fucking rough. I mean, people shot all the fucking time and everything. You got, you got, you got a moment for a story. Yeah, for sure. I tell a story? I'll tell you my Korea, my uh, Korea town story. Okay. I was living with my girlfriend there. She was fucking tasty. She looked like Anne Hathaway. Wow. She was this, yeah, she was this French exchange student. She couldn't speak a fucking word English, but I'll tell you what, she could fucking suck the, well, I don't, I'm not going to get into that because that's a part of the story, but uh, she was fucking hot. Uh. And, one, and one time she came running home, okay, and she, and she, this is how hot she was. She drove a Camaro. Wow. Yeah. She drove a fucking Camaro with mags on it, souped up. Her, her parents were rich. They were minted. They were from France. And she came home. And we, I was living on the second floor in this sort of loft apartment, and she came running up the stairs, you know, run, running at the room, and she told me, I'm not going to try to imitate her, but it was broken French accent. She was saying that she could have been followed, oh. that a guy guy followed her. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. So this was like, uh, it was just starting to get dark, and she'd come home from work, and, you know, hot New York weather, and everybody sits out in their loft. I said, what this guy look like? And she said... He had a limp, like he walked, like he had one leg, like he went like an artificial leg. Oh, I said, okay. Yeah. And I said, and she said it really tall. I said, right. So I fucking went out, fucking pulled on my pants, went downstairs. Cause, cause it's summer. I'm sitting in my underwears. I remember. Cooling and, off. Yeah. Just cooling off. It's so fucking hot. And I fucking pulled my pants. I ran down, started looking everywhere for a guy with one fucking leg or an artificial leg. Cause he, he didn't have one leg, but he had a walk like an artificial leg. And then I look and I look to my right and I see this guy fucking walk with three guys and sitting down on the stoop. And he had that walk, you know, they got that particular gate with the one leg. Yeah. yeah after wearing an artificial leg, it sort of swings. So I walk up to the guy and he was a big fucker, a big black guy, big fucking Afro and everything like in the movies. Wow. And I said to him, I said, Hey, I thought, uh, yeah, exactly. I said, I heard you were following my fucking girlfriend. And then this guy, he stands up. So he doesn't deny it. He stands up and he goes, yeah, and what are you going to do if I was? And I told him, I'm going to rip off that fucking leg of yours and I'm going to beat you to death with it. 
And then the guy just laughed. I'm not kidding. You. This is a true story. The guy laughed and he took a fucking swing at me. Whoa. Yeah, he fucking swung. A big guy, like swung down on me because I'm not a tall guy. He fucking swung at me. And I ducked and I kicked his leg out from under him. And he wore, it had a boot on it. And I fucking smashed his head with it three times. And I threw his fucking <laughs> leg down. And I told him. I told him, this is the fucking warning this time. Next time I'll fucking, I'm not going to stop. You understand? And the guy said, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. And then I went. So it sounds funny now, but it was a fucking, it was pretty harrowing story. Okay. I mean, it might have, you know, it was upsetting for my girlfriend, especially. So anyways, about four days later, we're driving back. Okay. My girlfriend and I, we came, we're coming back from the movies and we're driving back. And I saw the guy again. And I said to her, I said, fuck. I said, there's the fucking one-legged fucker who followed you. And I gave a beating. So don't say anything. I don't want any more fucking trouble. Don't even make eye contact with him. Because our parking spot were right in front of where this guy would sit. This stoop. Uh, yeah. Right? So I said, don't even fucking say anything. And then she looks at me wide-eyed and she goes, that's not the guy. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. She said, that's not the guy. And I said, what the fuck? I said, you said he had one fucking leg, like an artificial leg. This guy has an artificial leg. I mean, how many fucking people with artificial legs are walking around Koreatown? <laughs> right? So, so we get out of a car and I look up and I swear to God, I never noticed it before, operator. There was a sign, a veterans rehabilitation center. <laughs> so, so probably every second fucker who went in there had an artificial leg. <laughs> <laughs> and I beat I beat on some poor veteran. <laughs> I felt so fucking bad. And then I had to walk by the guy a couple of times. I saw him and it's I wanted to apologize, yeah. but I didn't I didn't want to seem soft. So I gave him that look, you know, like fuck you. Like, don't do it again. Like, <laughs> you know, like you know, like I do that sort of thing, like to make him flinch. Like, don't do it again, buddy. <laughs> but I, I felt terrible. And she but and she was telling me, Oh, you beat up. I, ca I cannot believe that you beat up a veteran. <laughs> I said, you fucking told me to beat him up. It's not like I'm. And plus, he took a swing at me. So technically, it was self-defense. I mean, I didn't unprovokably attack a veteran. Well, and technically, he didn't deny that he had done it. So well, that's the thing. Then he said, what are you going to do? Yeah, you so know? he, he might have followed a girl and just not yeah. known that it was. Well, exactly. But it was funny because then afterwards it was all coming together because I walked by him because he would always be sitting on the stoop because that's where they'd all go to have them the stump massaged or whatever they do with their <laughs> veterans. And I noticed he was wearing combat boots. So it must have been pretty degrading for him for me to beat him with his own veterans combat boot. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it's like if you're a fucking milkman, someone beating you with your own milk bottle or something. So I, I, I felt bad. I mean, fuck. I, I mean, how were I to know we were a leg? The, I mean, he, I guess I did know he was a leg mental because she told me, but I never knew that he were like not the leg mental I was looking for. This could have been. Oh my goodness! If this were a movie, that you would have like entered the building and just started beating up everybody with one leg. <laughs> I, I know, but I had to say that because the, 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 the thing got into me. I didn't know what was the original question. I got totally lost. Oh, what was your typical mode of transportation? So you were you were on point because you were talking about a man with limited motility. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, well, exactly. But yeah, so I mean, in Koreatown, everything is there. I mean, I worked at NBC, which was just a walk down the road. And... Oh, that is every, that, every everything was there. And, you know, there's bagel shops and, you know, Korean food. And, uh, great place to live at the time. Yeah, I, I I that's one of the things that I really loved about 
living in her city was just access to so much that he, and you know, nowadays we talk about, it's more like about skin color diversity, but it, I felt very alone when I went to uh, more of a uh, suburban and then rural areas and didn't have access to the food. You know, everything kind of becomes homogenized. And so you miss, you miss some of that, that, that color that comes with living in a place like that. And then, you know, there's so, so I, I remember being such a culture there. Like it was like literally, I mean, you know, and this was in the eighties. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. This was a long time ago. And I remember you will walk in and like there'd be a green grocer, like a Korean guy at the green grocer. And you'd walk in there. And I mean, when I first started living there, I was broke, had no money, no nothing. And, you know, he'd like, um, you'd get a couple of things and then he'd see that you didn't have enough money. He said, no, you can pay me back next time. And, you know, you could do like, he'd let you get your groceries. You know, a lot of people in our building, he would let us get the groceries on, you know, he would just write it in the book. It was just a different time. You can't even imagine that now, but I mean, like that trust. And I mean, these guys, these green grocer guys, I mean, these, I mean, they're fresh off the banana boat. They're like first generation immigrants, right? That, you know, and they're giving that trust to you. And when it was such a, a rough area, but still, a community that um, that I, that's what I like about the city. I mean, it doesn't happen anymore, but a long time ago, that's how it was in these big sort of sprawling in the city places. I think um, one of the things that was still alive back then and in the U S at least, if we look at his history and what seemed to squelch, this was family was still a very strong element um, oh, for 50s, sure. 60s, 70s, and into the 80s, it started to dwindle. Uh, that families were, I mean, statistically, they they were more broken. Um, but 50s, 60s, 70s, you struggled together. You know, yeah. you, your dad didn't live somewhere else, and mm -hmm. uh, as much. And and that's not that's not just my opinion. That's that's data backs that up. But it seems like the. Uh, dilapidation of the family unit may have something to do with how that's changed our urban environments, you know, so we're very much isolated now. Nobody talks to anybody. We, you know, it's, well, it's different. Well, everybody's got the fucking headphones on now and everything. I mean, back then, I mean, you would come back. I always remember coming back from like a bar or something and all the hookers would be out. Or if you were like leaving early for work, all the hookers would be coming back and you'd know them. Hey, how's it going? You, and it was just, it was literally, although it, in some ways it was hell because there's all the pornography houses and, and all this, but it, it was just, it, everybody knew each other. There was this sort of a respect. It was just a different time that I thought were better, you know, and you went back and the last time I went back there, I think we're uh, in the late nineties and it was like fucking, it was just all a bunch of homo bars, homosexual bars and uh, fucking uh, no one, all these, all these places now, like where I was living, which was just a dilapidated warehouse, like a big expensive fucking condo. Now everything, you got to pay a million uh, dollars to touch. It was just a totally different sanitized vibe that I didn't think was good at all. I think the word that they use is gentrification. When That is it. Yeah, that is the word. Yeah. Uh, I have a hooker story. That's kind of interesting. Oh, I love hooker stories. <laughs> I love hooker stories. <laughs> this one's fun. Um, I was actually performing. So I uh, in I don't do it as much anymore, but I, I I'm a musician and I sing. And so I was actually performing in Toronto uh, 
in no big place in Toronto, but I was in Toronto performing um, over this, this weekend. And I was a pretty young buck. I was 18 at the time. And what, and what year was this around, do you think? That would have been 94, 94, 93, 94. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, so no, I don't, yeah, go ahead. I'm in Toronto and I'm, I'm there for a couple of days and, and uh, day one I get in and it's too late to, you know, I'm, I'm not performing that day. <laughs> I'm to my flight. So, you know, I basically go and crash in the hotel and wake up the next day and start my, my things. Um, mm. But, uh, but I got bored and I didn't really know what to do. So I went out and I was looking for a place to eat and I wandered around the streets of Toronto for a little while and I found a place to eat. And then I walked out of the restaurant and I was instantly like, uh, disoriented. I, I, I should have been paying more attention on how I got where I got, cause I couldn't find my way back to the hotel. So I'm wandering around and I look disoriented, I think. And the, there was, there was a, a handful of, of prostitutes on this corner. And one of them says, are you looking for something, hon? And I was like, yeah, actually, I can't find my hotel. Uh, I went right there and I ate there, but I don't know where I'm at now. And I think about it nowadays that there probably would have been a quick, like, tap, tap, tap on their phone. I was just going to say, this is before phone. So, I mean, if you're lost, you're lost. The only way you're going to find it is by asking someone. Yeah. And nowadays it probably would have been a quick text message. Pimp comes down and robs me for everything I own. But this was so amazing. All of the prostitutes said, oh, well, we'll show you where that's at. And so like like a Disney movie, ragtag bunch of like Peter Pan and the prostitutes, they all start... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> leading the way for blocks. It was like three blocks, you know, and it take a left and take a right. So I, me and wow, four, five prostitutes, do, 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 do. And we're talking and they're asking me where I'm from and what I'm doing. And they said that they'd come and listen to me perform. And, and <laughs> at the end, I was like, thank you very much. They're like, here you go. This is your, this is your stop. And I'm like, thank you very much, prostitutes. And they're like, you bet. High five. And <laughs> it was the craziest thing. So when I tell people that I have a prostitute story, it hits people kind of, they're like, you've never drank alcohol in your life and you don't do drugs. I'm really curious to see how you ended up with it. <laughs> and it shows that these are just normal people. Yeah. I mean, and, and I believe that that's how it was. I don't, and, and I'd like to believe that we're still normal people today, you know, but uh, it, you know, things have changed. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely, uh, especially in Toronto, though. You, it only takes a couple of it only takes you a wrong turn, and you're in Hooker Town. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, guess what? I just had my daughter crash my podcast. Say hi. Hi. Hello. Oh, she sounds so cute. Oh my gosh. Hey. Eh? Hello. You hear him? Say hi. <laughs> bean 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 we call her bean bean uh she has a tendency to crash my podcast when i'm doing it it's like she knows i'm recording what did you need what did you come out here for i'm hungry mom's doing something and i can't make the food i want oh no darn it well um i will be done here in i'm gonna be a little while but i'll text mommy and see if she can get you some of the food that you want Mom's in the office. Mom's in the office. Okay, I'll text her. <laughs> Love you. Gorgeous. 
Oh my gosh, it happens. It happens. Oh more. my gosh, so small. Yeah, she's a little thing. Wow. Uh, let me just text really quick. I will say, Bing Bing needs food. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know where we are. Are we on plus yet, or are we still on the first one? We're on the first one. We'll roll the plus. I, I'm. I have uh, one fun fact to share with you. I'll play the dead, the the happy ending, and then, and then we'll be off to record the plus episode. Okay. Cool. All right, so here's a fun fact for you. The inventor of cruise control was blind. Wow. Yeah. The inventor of cruise control, his name was Ralph Teeter, never drove a day in his life, was not a driver because he was completely blind. Yet his enhanced sense of touch enabled him to become an, an engineering genius. And his chauffeur's jerky accelerator foot inspired him to come up with a device that would keep a car's speed constant. So what the, f- what, what the fuck was that sound? Oh, yeah, it was my wife saying, OMG, I'm sorry. She came out there. She just ate. She's a turd. <laughs> she wants snacks. <laughs> <laughs> like my kids, like my kids. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So he, because his, his chauffeur had a terrible jerky, habit of driving the car terribly he invented a system that maintained a car's speed as a very consistent speed so chrysler bought this from him bought the technology bought the invention the patent or whatever bought it and offered it as speedo stat in 1958 wow that old i know it started way back then Uh, i had a 1975 Cadillac at one one point with it drove down the road like a cloud. It was amazing. Wow! And I remember that seventy five had heated seats. It had it had dual climate control, so the driver and the passenger uh, had different temperatures. That they in nineteen seventy five, holy yeah. and cruise wow. control. Yeah, and wow. I thought that I thought it was early in seventy five. I didn't know until I was really doing research on this that fifty eight was when. It was renamed Cruise Control shortly after from Speedostat because Speedostat sounds like, you know, there's a problem with your your underwear or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would have thought of Speedo. Well, you know, it's, it's really fucked up because there were a case here. There were an incident not long ago in the news here that uh, an old lady had fucking bought a, uh, a big uh, camper van, one of those uh, RVs. Oh, yeah. You know, and she was driving it and it was her dream. And she was like about 78, she worked her whole life to buy this thing. And she went for a drive in England. And while she was fucking driving it, she put it on cruise control and she went in the back to make a tea. <laughs> <laughs> and she crashed into a tree at like 40 miles an hour. And oh. she lived. She lived. She survived it. Wow. I wonder yeah, I don't I don't even know how she survived it, but she she said then she phoned the cops and she was wrapped around a tree. She said there's something wrong with my cruise control. She had misconstrued the meaning of it and she figured it was just like it would drive itself. <laughs> well, it kind of did, and it also <laughs> stopped the vehicle quickly cuz she had left the driver's seat. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know how she survived it, but yeah, oh. so yeah, very strange. Oh, well, maybe she survived it cuz in the states a lot of drunk people that get in accidents survive because their body's so loose and limber. And I've heard that's the same during tea time in Britain. Everybody's just so, you know, <laughs> they're, they're so loose. Yeah. So loose. Well, that's, that's interesting. An, a blind guy, 1958. Yeah. 
I was blown away. Life is life throws you such weird curves. You think yeah, no kidding. you know stuff and then you don't know stuff. Um, well, in this call that I'm going to share with you now, the happy ending call, the caller is also very observant about things on the road and some things that he is not finding on the road. This is actually a 999 call from your neck of the woods. So, oh, okay. Not, yeah. There, yeah. I recognize the 999. You ready for me to hit play on this? Go, go for it. Here we go. Thank you. Hello, you through with, to with very sore feet. Could you put me through to Southmead Police Station, please? I can't. I'm very angry. Right, listen, sir, you've dialed 999. You need yes. to tell me what your emergency because I is. Don't, not, there's no emergency except that there are no buses in Crow Lane. Right. Right. Phone in 999 to report there are no buses exactly, in Crow Lane. Exactly, because the police are doing bugger all about this, all this aggro that's going on. I'm a visitor here. Right, excuse me, sir, I can't take a complaint about no, no bus services on well, 999. Well, you put me through to Sesame Police Station? I will give you the correct number for you to dial, sir. That's lovely. Unfortunately, I'm not, I cannot transfer on this terminal. I'm no, not. but that's fine. Okay. You give me the number. The recorded message is coming up now, sir, okay? Thank you. So apparently, like the visual I have is some like, you know, tiny lane, cow encrusted area with you know, flowing grass and the little cobble street and a red telephone booth with this weirdo sitting, standing inside of him, angry <laughs> that his only way around to get around would be get on a sheep. And he, yeah, exactly. He had he had one of those accents in England. We call them carrot munches. And he had one of those accents that he's, you know, that just he, he's, you know, he, like I said, he's a carrot munch. He's a fucking country bumpkin. <laughs> oh, that came from that came from an area called Avon on Somerset or something like that. Yeah. Carrot Car- 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 munches. <laughs> I love the name of your of your towns over there. There's some hilarious names. Just what people decide to call their towns it's pretty awesome yeah i mean it takes you it takes a real while to get used to them with the pronunciations are all so different and everything but uh yeah they have some very uh i mean the history here is amazing that's the one great thing about uh england you can go to a place and you can see where winston churchill was buried uh you know where this or that or you know 17th century stuff i mean some of these houses around here like you know 17th century houses i mean they don't have anything that old in the states it's a house i don't think yeah no yeah i mean we've got you know we've got the old like we go that back into the maybe 1400s 1500s before you start seeing things but things that are preserved oh gosh but i mean things a lot of the houses they were all made of wood weren't they so it's different here everything's made out of stone so it's you know seeing something from the 13th century or whatever is not a stretch oh that that's amazing i i i've got a bucket list of places to go and and uh the places where i want to go to to absorb the history i won't leave it if I can't be, I won't go if I can't be there for more than like a week and a half or two weeks, you know, just got to mm. Oh, Hey, so <clears throat> I don't know anything about your, the way the government is Boris Johnson. Is he, is he like a conservative or a liberal? He's conservative. Okay. Cause he's got a mess of hair. That guy does, he does not comb his hair. Yeah, no, he's uh, I mean, they call him, uh, they, I mean, they call him Boris the clown here. <laughs> and the <laughs> they do the what sorry and the queen just got covid 
Yeah, I know. Uh, everybody were worried over here. We were thinking, you know, uh, please don't let the queen, you know, die of COVID. Because, I mean, you know, she's had an illustrious past. Whether you're uh, a royalist or not, you yeah. know, it wouldn't be the way you'd want someone to go out, would you? No. Well, they have the Netflix series called The Queen. And I don't know how accurate it is, but her life's been amazing. I mean, that 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 gal, she, you know, what a trip. I mean, yeah, I mean, she's she's lived that, and you know, I mean, whatever you think of her kids or grandkids, you know, uh, you know, she's but she's handled herself in a dignified manner. And I mean, I'm not, you know, being the fact that I'm not English, I'm not a royalist or anything like that. But um, you know, it's they're highly respected here, and you you know, this is a country got to live by their rules. You know, they run it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, you and I are going to move on to the plus episode. So if you're if you're supporting us over on Patreon, um, you'll find the plus episode over there. If you're not on Patreon, you can find 1159 Media on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash 1159 Media, where we have a literal mountain of content, exclusive shows, blah, 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 all that. And Deadbug has his own uh, Patreon as well. And that's patreon.com forward slash, is it Deadbug Says? I don't know. <laughs> you know what? We should find out one second. Yeah, let me let me check. I'm sorry. Is there any way of you checking? Do you have a computer? I'm yeah, sorry, I'm dude. Checking. No, I'm checking right now. I, I I didn't mean to be um uh flippant about it. I, I honestly don't know. Oh, that 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 makes you even cooler in my mind. No, I think I think that might be my where my problems originate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, uh forward slash patreon.com forward slash dead bug. Yeah. It's just that bug. Is it just that okay? Yep, and and go over there and uh, and uh, and soak in the the gloriousness that is. Uh, it looks like. Let's see how many. Oh my goodness, you got a lot of you got a lot of stuff there. You got a yeah, a lot, lot of a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of tasty women over there. Mm. You know, uh, I I can't say why, but women are attracted to me. Yeah, just, our, uh, our demographic uh, leans heavily toward the female uh, gender as well. I, I oh wow, there we go. It must be Kent. <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's either well, the, Kent or ja- or Jack or you yeah. could be either or combined. Probably not me, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, Jack's a beautifully edgy, like you know, dark, brooding individual. Seems women like, like that, and and he's he's a handsome guy, and and Kent is uh, funny as well. So I mean, women like that. So women, they go for different things, don't they? They do. I'm always the one that they're like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna save you. I'm gonna date everybody else but you're the one i'd like to marry and i'm like yeah that sucks <laughs> so, yeah anyway you can find us both on patreon if you want to support us that helps us keep the lights on and yeah definitely see you over on plus Hope see everybody. you there adios well here we are the end of this episode Ugh, don't remind me of the audio quality i'm so sorry Anyway, I'm very grateful to have Deadbug on the show. That was a lot of fun. A lot of people are asking, Hey, the operator, can I listen to Deadbug Says Podcast ad-free and early on your Patreon? The answer is no. Let's support Deadbug on his Patreon for that. The show will also be out wherever you listen to podcasts for free after that period. Maybe 24 to 48 hours after he posts them to his Patreon. So... If you like what he does, support him. 
just like you would support us. We are grateful that you lend us your earballs. You can find us on Patreon. You can find us on Facebook. You probably find me at my house if you knew where that was, but don't try to look me up, please. <laughs> I love you, but let's have some boundaries. Hugs. 